0: What, did you think you were getting a TED Talk here? Welcome to Common Threads. This is an interview series with the Highland Park High School class of 1995.
1: buddy how are you doing
0: good how
1: how is everything in the world of fritz park well just to clear things up for the purpose of this call i'm going to refer to you as john john sure
0: sure how are you doing
1: good 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 how are you doing
0: uh yeah you know good personal life is uh you know a bit uh a bit a bit crap right now but the work and everything else is going well uh my dad is uh it's it's really tough right now with him but you know what uh, to be honest with you um he's in good care right now and so uh mm-hmm. that's all i can ask for
1: good um, good
0: good so but well, uh, this yeah, is I, a great I, distraction
1: I, uh, yeah <laughs> no no, no absolutely yeah, absolutely no i'm good i'm good i've got two kids couple girls that definitely keep me busy trying to the oh, re- yeah. re- the now they? Well, they're nine and six, so okay. I would say they're three-quarter of the way developed young terrorists.
0: Yeah, so, so uh, it was. Uh, it's funny. It, it really is because my six-year-old, I'm at a point where I, I, I feel like I'm out of the weeds with him. He's self-sufficient. He's doing everything on his own. He's been doing it for a year. For my three-year-old, yeah. it's just it, – I mean, it's mind-numbing, and I've been doing this yeah. for – Six, you've been doing it for six years and you're like, this uh, This is awful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, th- yeah, yeah. No, but you know what? We're parents, so we got to do it. Right? Yeah. I mean, our parents, you well, got to imagine like- our, our parents have kind of the same type of. Oh,
0: okay. totally. Totally. Um, and I
1: never an inter? Can I have an intermission for maybe like a year or so and then come back to this? Would that, would that work for everybody?
0: Oh, my God. Have you seen? I got to send this to you. Have you seen the like the parody YouTube called uh break and it's the syndrome you it's like one of those awful drug commercials you see on NBC nightly news where they have like the they're like pumping some like Cialis or opioid or whatever the hell they're doing. But it it, it follows that it's like that same voiceover and it goes to it's talking about the syndrome you're having is called parentine and what you need is a, I think it's like a break or an effing break is the name of the drug. And
1: so <laughs> No, I think I saw that. It's like was that like a Saturday Night Live bit? Could be or something. It could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it
0: feels like a it feels like a digital short. But it's so true. And but, I never really had the chance to tell my mom, hey, thanks for wiping my butt for all those years. Or Thanks for, thanks for putting me in the, like, bathing me. it's just, you don't yeah. appreciate it until you actually go through it, right? It's, it, well, it, it's, 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 it's amazing. Well, on how much. And I, so I think, well, I think the thing is, is with me is, uh, you know, when 530 rolls around, you got to shut it down, get the kid, and this is just on, on weekdays, but you got to, get the kids ready for bed. You got to do everything, read the books, do it. And it's this two hour affair where I only know it's going to get worse when they start having real homework, but it's just, dude, just can you take your own shower or take your own bath? The six year old's fine. The three year old is, we're, we're still working on that. It's, I, I uh, it's the weeds, man. Yeah. It's the weeds. And then when, when I yeah. talk to people that have, Dude, when you talk to people that have newborns, are you not like, oh, God, I would not want to be in your shoes. That is oh, awesome. Oh no, I mean,
1: I, yeah, I look at him, I go, yeah, you don't, you don't look tired enough yet. Like you, yeah. you uh, It's like a ride of passage, right? It's like you got to You got to uh, have that look to yeah. where you're like, yeah, how is everything? And you, you know, everybody, those of us that have been hit by buses, take yeah. a pause. And you're like. Yeah, it's it's good. You go right you go right into their age and then oh it's, then so it's funny like it's immediately into sharing the beatings we're all taking.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you see that newly minted parent and they have that thousand yard stare where you just yeah <laughs> they are they're in a they're in it's not the fourth dimension or the fifth dimension. They are out there because they haven't had sleep in so long, they're just like oh floating. I'm, oh, I'm, and those, I'm floating those people, on this jungle gym right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, and those people that were like, Yeah, it's great. Our our night many uh, is unbelievable. And I, and and it's one of those if you didn't boot your strap up, boot strap yourself up like at some point in your life, your career, or whatever you did, it's like, do do you have as much respect for those people? And it's not I'm not like I dog dude, talking, I'll tell you, you, I'll, tell know, you what, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. We Soldiers. had a
0: night nanny as a Christmas present, so our Christmas present okay. was a night nanny for two weeks, for like the first two weeks, and it was this yep. amazing woman out of Sierra Leone, and she was—I yep. mean, dude, seriously—in London. We had both kids in London, and so yep. we had a the one the the one type of nanny you want in London is a Filipino, because and yep. they're almost impossible to get all throughout mayfair in in uh West London uh, these nannies go for like uh, i don't know like fifty sixty thousand pounds maybe more and it's it, that's the nanny but the night nanny gold i mean it is i, I it was serious. first two weeks that's the, that was our christmas present best christmas present i've ever had
1: and uh, well that, it was just, i can only am- And I can only imagine with you guys being overseas, right? Like those of us that are, you know, "quote unquote" domestic here. It's we have a network with friends or whomever that are families that can recommend someone. The the bench is not very deep for like someone from HP that I'm in London, and it's oh, by the way, we're looking for somebody. Do you know somebody? It's uh, okay. Uh, Here's the interviewing process. All of you came from different countries, and we're not quite sure what's going on. But this we really is a, need this, somebody.
0: Yeah, this is the greatest story you'll ever hear about. Just get it. Like just getting fully ripped off in a foreign country, and no, like you know you're getting completely effed, and you're like, well, I mean. Where's the lube? Because this is actually, this is so painful. Um, <laughs> they, okay. So we, we had to get an agency to get us a nanny. Okay. And so that costs like, I don't know, like 2,500, 3,000 3, pounds. Right. So that's like $5,000. So yeah. we then had this agency provided us with nannies to interview. And so we would go through these interviews on a nightly basis and when we, I mean, probably like 15 interviews we had. And so we decided on this one nanny and she was, you know, you really get, I mean, it's a freaking interview. And then this person is going to be taking care of your your child. And they're like, oh, hey, how about you just, how about you give it a week as a, you know, how about you uh, try it out for a week? And you're like, Dude, I'm not testing software here. I mean, this is a freaking human being that's going to be part of my life, like in my house.
1: Yeah. Part do of my they life. Have a, I mean, is it, are you given like a resume or something? Oh you're, yeah, like, oh, oh you're going through yeah. the. Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Just the whole thing 100%. is r- resumes don't do. They're the worst forms of verification ever. Because a 100%. resume, somebody might look great on a resume and then you meet him and you're like, uh, this person sucks. I mean, they're awful. I never want to deal with yeah. this person again. Because you can't, yeah. you can't get a personality out of, out of a resume. So we had a, like our, the, the first nanny we had, she had an incredible resume. And then you're just not used to the fact that this person is going to be in your house. So Tanny worked and I worked while we were in London and um, this nanny was taking care of Sam. So. And then throughout the day, we had to kind of interact with the nanny. Now, over in London, nanny women get usually a year for maternity leave. And oh wow! They, they, oh yeah, dude. Match. Uh, match was amazing because they were like, "Look, we'll, we'll give you. I, I think it was like six months or something." But they were they were just they they understood. It's like. Whenever we would, uh, like, talk to friends, like, our friends that were from the UK and tell them, well, the U.S. really has a, I think it's like a three-week to six-week policy on maternity leave, they would look at you in absolute horror. They'd be like, you people are barbarians. You don't have health care, and then you force the mothers back to work, and you're just like, I I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, I have no idea. (laughs) And so – Match they I, they recognized that we would it, I don't know it, the optics probably wouldn't be great for us so Match gave us a yep. you know, very very generous policy and so Taney had to interact with this woman here and there uh, you know well not here and there Taney had to interact with this woman all this time and so this nanny like first week I'm not kidding you first week out of the gate she like. Some conversation came up about Utah, and Tammy said, "Oh, my husband uh, used to do a lot of work with Zion's Bank in Salt Lake City, and he was actually working with, you know, the Church of Latter Day Saints investment division called Ensign Peak." This woman literally froze in her tracks and just said, "So, are are you a member of this church?" And Tanya was like, what? And then this woman went on like a 10-minute speech about the Church of Latter-day Saints, which I have no problems with. It's just like, oh, no, we have somebody that's going to be, like, hitting us up on religion talk every day of the week, which I don't want that, right? So we had to let this woman go. And it was the most awkward letting, you know, just telling somebody, like, uh, it's like letting it, it down.
1: Do, do, we, do we really want to let the judgment police? in here that's not yeah. exactly one of the pieces Dude. of the now it's like morals and standards and characters. You're like, okay, that that's fine. You know? She, she doesn't Mormons have, are like on her wrist, like an people. upside down
0: yeah star tattoo. So it well look, Mormons are amazing people. I got honestly yeah. I've worked I've worked I've had so many interactions with, with Mormons where they're just amazing. But do I want to talk about Joseph Smith, and I actually have done quite a bit of studying on the history of the, the Western United States, and a big part of that history is the Mormon religion and bring him young, going out to Utah. And I found that I know by reading books and and doing so much work in Utah that I pretty, I, I've got my fill of Latter-day Saints talk, and I don't want to go into any kind of it's like Scientology. They'll they'll try and catch you on one thing and they'll be like, oh, really? Well, uh, Joseph Smith uh, saw this and you're like, like, that's the power. So (laughs) so
1: that's the, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's the power of the Segway, right?
0: Oh yeah. You, yeah.
1: You you immediately figure out how to pivot and move. Yeah. Oh, okay. And.
0: um, Yeah. I I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Speaking of of Segways.
1: Look, Look at that!
0: Man. You walked you. right into that. You walked right. Did in I? That. Didn't I? Didn't <laughs> I? Let's let's so let's filthy. talk about Barrett. Let's let's talk about your company and what you're doing with multifamily uh, real estate. Because I really find this interesting. Because I think the housing boom in Texas. You, everybody's talking about it. People won't shut up about it. They're like, I'm in California. I can't handle the restrictions. I'm moving to Texas, and then I'm moving to Texas. And did you see that douche that posted something on like Business Insider? Saying, hey, I moved from California to Texas, and I moved back because it's just so hot. And people always talk about football. They're like, Dude, did you? I mean, yeah, did you even visit to... the state before you came? Yeah, here? <laughs> yeah. but yeah, uh, I'm yeah, just curious. Seen, on, seen... Well, I'm curious on demand and what you're seeing in demand for multifamily in the state of in
1: the state of Texas. It's. I will say this. First off, I'm glad that you pronounced the name of our company correctly. You obviously have Why? some form of knowledge of, of. Well, it's when you give your email to someone and they're trying to read on there, it's like Veritas. It's oh, no. Veritas. Yeah. So we have one of we have one of those names that's like overly complicated to explain, like my name, Fritz. It's like to 80% of the world, I'm Chris, which I, you know, oh, actually to.
0: Yeah, Dude, I had so, that when I worked for Te- – I used to work for a company called Tejas Securities, and so you would call, yeah. and this was down in Austin, and I covered all these accounts in New York, all these the broker-dealers and banks in New York, and I would call them, and I'd be like, hey, this is John from Tejas. They'd be like, who? And they'd look me up on Bloomberg, and they'd be like, this is Tejas. And you're like, no, Tejas. <laughs> <Yeah>. Tejas, <it laughs> means Tejas. Friends Clearly, an Indian. Yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clearly, you are not part of the tribe. Uh, right, right. No, it's uh, <laughs> no, no. But I, 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 you know, in terms of multifamily and the migration and all that. That's, you know, it's really interesting because, in my opinion, and I've, we're, we have a presence in all major metros that have. Owned okay. throughout our tenure. So it's San Antonio, Austin, San Marcos, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, kind of all that area. And, you know, I, I will say this I, I i know a lot of back roads, but I am a serial apartment tourist. I've probably walked around, God, who knows, 500 apartments. Are you a shopper? And, you
0: know, compost. Are, are you a shopper?
1: Do you do the, do you do the judging leasing agents
0: do you go in or are you like oh, the, the anonymous secret, shopper? Oh, the secret shopper. The secret, the shopper. secret yeah, shopper. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, no, no. I don't go, I'm not a leasing spy. I've I i, I I've tried to elevate myself to participate in actually buying and selling the apartments, which I feel like is a, you know, something that I'd be able to send my college, my kids to college doing. So that, that's been yeah. kind of my focus. But yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, no, it's been – first off, I'd say I'm pretty blessed, like I think a lot of people would say, that being from Texas and definitely being from Dallas for what's going on here, it's, it's the historical. Oh, I mean, we're I – mean, I, honestly,
0: we're, we're probably some of the luckiest people in the world right now. It's It's absolutely appalling to see what government is doing in California
1: and New York with these lockdowns. You're killing business. Yeah.
0: It's how are you how are well, you gonna it,
1: Yeah, and it's to me what we've watched as a, kind of a common denominator is just business itself is just so much more efficient, and having a an actual brick and mortar location in order to kind of leverage profitability, no matter what business you're in, is is not as necessary as it used to be historically. Right? You don't have to yeah. have regional offices, all that, and especially with Zoom now, it's all you, you can cross geographic so quickly and efficiently that there's, you know, a lot of why. You know, yeah. Why know, would you Why would you live in a state that has a
0: 12 percent income tax, a state income tax? Yeah, 100.
1: I mean, it, it's like a you know top-down scenario. It's okay, you know, a large company like Schwab, right? Like they they just opened up and expanded another kind. Of, I would say regional headquarters near the domain in North Austin. We we own a property right in that whole area, which is just wild. I mean, Apple's got a hundred and fifty acre campus that they're about to deliver five thousand jobs. There's yeah, a, they're yeah you know, in, Schwab, in, in the domain well, well, they're taking you know Amazon's like taking down a whole building. But the the one thing that's behind that is Schwab having such a presence up in San Fran and it being so expensive, the the Bottom line is their operating expenses are so high and they have to pay their employees so much that it's let's trim the fat and move to Austin, get the same profile, and a lot of these folks will move. And a lot of these companies that are called the juggernauts that have seen the greener pastures have been out here, established a footprint. And so now it's just the floodgates are open.
0: Everybody's hey, Do you understand? Do you understand that if you're A broker, dealer, a market maker in California, it's probably one of the, just get out, just go, because what, and this is my understanding from, I don't know, like 10 years ago, California taxes you on transactions on both sides of the transaction, so the buy and the sell. So if you're Schwab, you basically, you you say, okay, I'll buy from you and I'll sell to him. It's just called an agency type of trade. And it, you're yep. just in the middle. You're a market maker. You're getting popped on the front end and the back end with a 5 to
1: 7% tax.
0: Just from the state. Dang. No other state does that. And wow. it, it's
1: just – And they spend know, the money now, so it, wisely, right?
0: Oh, dude, it's just it, – it drives me yeah. up the wall. You see the homeless problem in L.A. You see oh. it all over San Francisco. And you look at it and you're like, w- w- why are you guys not doing 3D – like 3D modeling for houses. Why aren't you building, like, these micro houses? Like, everybody talks about 3D printers, how great it is. Right. You guys always talk about how you're the innovators. You're the state with all the innovation. And you can't even, like, why would you not have a community of 3D printed houses?
1: It's like all over third world countries. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a shallow uh, sympathy for that kind of cast class, right? So they, they all and there's some, all this conversation it, it, but, yeah. but like I I lived I lived in that kind of Venice Santa Monica area in Marina del Mar. Oh you did? And okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was right next to Ocean Boulevard in Venice and I mean I saw it. What is it know, what's it called? Abbott Kenny? Abbott Kenny's like the yeah, big go out area. I was yeah. closer to the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Abbott Kenny's okay. awesome. But yeah, yeah, and and so we saw it a lot. I, I got a tip of the hat. I'm a homeless guy. There's worse places to live. It's you know sixty something degrees every single day. Hardly rains. People walking around oh, with well, a lot of cash that'll just drop at twenty. Fr- if you got your whoa, whoa whoa whoa. But Fritz, have you seen pictures of it lately? Like it? it no. Like,
0: I, the, the, it, oh my god! Go on the internet and look at pictures of Venice. Venice Beach and all around there. I'm not kidding you, dude. Tenth City, like I used to go yeah. down to L.A. all the time, and it was we would go to uh, what's that place? Uh, um, oh God, there's the Shores. No, the Shores. What's that famous hotel right on, uh, right on the beach where you can get drinks and overlook Shutters. the beach, uh, overlook the strand. Shutters. That's Shutters. It. Yeah. 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 So and, that's, and that's a good spot. It was amazing, but dude, all of that at south is like they Popping up everywhere, right? Yeah. And it's just, yeah. And dude, I hate getting into political talk, but it's like Gavin Newsom is the face of the fake virtue signaling personality that says California's all about innovation. We're all about this. And then when you actually do something, they tax the hell out of you. And you're just fake. Newsom eating at French Laundry. Was I mean? That is the epitome of that. Yeah. That self-serving, arrogant, fake type of personality. That do what I say, not as I do. Type of person. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, Well, I mean, it, I,
1: I don't. I'm just hopeful. I'm just. Everybody talks about everybody moving here in California and East Coast, and yeah. the next breath is like, well. It's going to change Texas and it's going to change the dynamic here. And Texas mm. used to be red. Now it's purple and all of that. And I, I mean, I get it. At the end of the day, all of us are trying to raise families, do business. If they bring a suitcase full of cash and are willing to overpay and, you know, do business with us, that's fine. But you look at because I've done a lot of business in Austin. We've got a couple of deals down there right now. And one's off of South Lamar right by the Broken Spoke, if you remember that place. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of old school honky-tonk. And it's it's right in the middle of Hipsterville. And to see just Austin, the homeless issue there, and just the overall kind of, I would say, utopia that everyone walks around with, it's especially now with social media, they're like, they look in the mirror to see themselves when they're brushing their teeth. But like, they look on their cell phone and think that's who they are. It's like post on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's it, like, a, it, it, it's like, they, it's Austin, like are you an avatar or like, what do what you? It, is it's it, a, you know, what's really
0: funny to me about Austin is that, you know, the people that went to the University of Texas 20 years ago, uh, up, probably up until like 2010, have this image of Austin or have this experience of Austin that's gone. I mean, and so they think that they're going to go, like if somebody in Dallas is moving to Austin, kind of look at it and I'm like, all right, man, be prepared because if you thought traffic was bad then, it's horrific now and you're not going to be, you're not going to be in that fun, cool college town that you, in Austin's not your typical college town, but. It's just uh, it, it's always been a pipe dream. It's always like, kid. University of Texas was just if you ever went down to visit, it was probably the wildest place. It was so much fun.
1: Going, no, absolutely. You know, just partying yeah.
0: down there, it was a blast. Yeah, but yeah. working yeah. I would have in, never in graduated Austin, if I went completely different. Ah, yeah, see, uh, I have absolutely. so much respect for people that graduated from UT. I'm just like how. Yeah.
1: How did you that pull that off? St- I Let's not re- leave it out And St. Edwards. St. Edwards graduated St. as well. Yeah, St. Ed, yeah.
0: You're in the yeah, I'm with you're, you. you're in the, I'm with you. You're in the same city, man.
1: And yeah. it's Yeah, just no, bad. I get it. Yeah, it's like that I movie mean, it, not to go too deep into it, but you met, it's like that movie Slacker years ago that was filmed there. I got to rewatch I mean? that. I re- I really have to rewatch that. I haven't seen that it's in like, so long. Like I like living in. I lived in uh, uh, San Francisco, like right out of college, I mean, right out, uh-huh. yeah, right out of college. And to me, like I, I embrace people that are different, right? I mean, it. it that's. Yeah. It's, I don't really. I'm not a herdsman, and what I thought was really cool is I, I feel like there was the most well-read, and I would say oh, most volunteering, okay, volunteering of their one. of their kind of outlook and, like interest. Of anywhere I've ever lived, right? Like it's very intellectual. Yeah. But I would say, like in San Francisco, those people are like that, and a large percentage of them are then motivated and have a good job, right? Translate that to Austin. I would say thirty percent of the people there are actually motivated and have a good job at this point. And it was bad back then, but but it's, it's all this. I I feel like I. You know, X, Y, Z said this in the book and all this, and that's all those conversations. And then you're sitting there going, okay, you're a 42-year-old busboy, and you've been standing here for 25 minutes picking up our stuff, and we're having a conversation or, like, just listening to you, and your boss is trying to flag you yeah. over. I'm like, uh, well, you mean, not that, to knock mean, anybody, right? Like,
0: no, 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 no. no. I think – look, I think what you're yeah. saying has – I mean – it has so much weight on the time that we graduate. We graduated high school in 95, colleges 99, 2000. Think about what's happened since. 2001, 9-11, 2000, 2000 2001, 2002, dot-com crash, right? Mm-hmm. The economy tanked. Then you get to 2008. You have the great financial crisis. Then that really just hit the reset button for – a lot of people where they weren't able to get up after that, after 2008. And it's something where now with COVID, people are like, dude, can I ever catch a break? Like this is the third major recession, depression, whatever the hell you want to call it. This is the third one I've gone through in my adult career. And I'm only in my early or mid forties. Yeah, You know, this is just, yeah.
1: And well, I, I it, it, no, I, I hear you. I mean, you're, you're going to live through historical events, right? That you read in history books. I mean, our grandkids are going to read about stuff that we're living through. But yeah, I mean, hey, I was in real estate related to housing during the, the last recession, right? And then um, you see all this eviction moratorium stuff going on. I mean, we own right now about a thousand units down in Austin, and that's a very liberal environment there in terms of being very pro tenant versus property owner, which so at is the, it end the city day, or
0: state that controls that. So who controls that? City
1: ordinance so city ordinance or state law? So so it it is a dual layer. At the end of the day, the municipality can enact their own specific caveat. So mm-hmm. the um the the they started the moratoriums. they would just been kicking the can. we we'll moving about 90 days along the way. And at one point, Austin was a lot more bullish. They were probably three weeks ahead of the state on pushing things out. Um, and they've, Austin, function of what we do, fortunately, is we're, we're, we don't do this for sport, right? Like you live at our properties, you have to pay rent. Yeah, we got to pay taxes, yeah. insurance, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And to us, what we've seen is we, we do have if one of our properties. We do have, you know, I would say a a decent amount of people that haven't paid rent or are, are paying partial rent, right? I mean, it's on a nominal basis. That, that property is 504 units, so you're going to see more physical bodies that that are non responding. And in the beginning, when they were getting that government stipend, things were going well. And we, yeah, you know, as a whole, I get it. You know, I I'd like I personally like being in this side of uh, the real estate business because it's it's more of a personal side, right? I mean, we're providing homes for people. Typically, when we buy properties, we spend money to upgrade things, you know. And, it, it, yeah. and, you, and there's does, there's and a reason behind understand. why you're charging rent, but it's like and, at the same time.
0: Almost, you're almost in an optics situation where you want to have people in your apartments to look like you're filled up and not like this empty, this empty facility. It's almost like that nightclub. Nightclubs have this uh, theory where if you have a long line at the door, people always think that mm-hmm. club's like the hot club, but you go inside yeah. and there's really, you know, not that many people in there, and it's it, it almost becomes this optics. Where you, you have to provide people with relief if they if they if if they can't pro, get income and their unemployment isn't coming through and I mean this you know dude trust me this whole government the, the the government relief that we're getting is a joke compared to other countries. If you live in Australia, yeah. you've already received like twenty six thousand dollars from the government, right? If you live in Germany, like like our programs are just a joke,
1: and people are like, I mean, we could talk two hours going down the wormhole. Sorry, sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. sorry, Yeah, what all that? No, no, no.
1: You're good. I mean, trust me, you're you're preaching to the choir. We, you know, we invest we invest a lot of people's private money to try and you know make money off of apartment complexes, and this is a historical thing where the government is basically there's a there's a class action lawsuit in Congress right now for national multi-housing because it was unconstitutional for them to be able to enact, basically shut down the, the, the economy the way they did, but more importantly, make it such that the property owners cannot evict. Right. So it's like you really? cannot kick someone out because they can't pay rent. So like we would much rather get that apartment back and lease it to someone. and but we're we're seeing high occupancies and whatnot but the deal is is as a landlord these people need a home this is a tough time for everybody and if you can only if you just communicate you can only pay two hundred dollars this month or three hundred dollars or any of that we're fine like we've been doing workouts we get it but if you're just a you know scumbag and you choose to take advantage of it, it it's going to get litigious, and what's, yeah. what's going to be crazy is on the back end, like all these eviction courts are going to just be madness because of how many there are and X Y Z. The net of it is like everybody watches this on the news. I get phone calls all the time, and it's like the main question everyone asks me because you see all this eviction more t- and It's on the news every single day, and it's ha- how's it going? I we had an investor call the other day, and it kind of lined everything out, and it's to be honest. We're, we're doing really good. I, we're, so what's, our your, what's have your been good. yeah? What's your sweet spot in terms of rent? Is it like what would I?
0: What do you guys do? Like a, a thousand a month? Because I remember when we were at Trammel, like the, the reserve at Stonegate and uh, Willow Lake, like thirteen hundred would get
1: you that. Now you're knocking uh, ducks yeah. off of it. Yeah, oh yeah, but like, what's your over sweet spot for
0: rent? Because I remember in ninety nine, two thousand ish, like ninety eight, ninety nine, it was like thirteen hundred. Like,
1: where where are you got? What's your range in rent? Yeah, so we we typically target Class B apartments. What does um, that we, mean? We what? we look, we look at like F- the affordability index. Okay, so what if, is Class B? Okay, so. <laughs> So real estate itself is in multifamily, as I best describe it, is class A would be core, what they call core assets, like that a Blackstone or, you know, some huge pension fund would own that's like in Uptown, right? That's a,
0: Okay.
1: I call it a – I can't even believe how much people pay, but it's like a 700-square-foot apartment, people paying $3,000 a month to live in. Okay, so all there's right. Only, so there's only a certain amount of the percentage of the population that can afford that then they have you slide down the scale to the class b which is call it 80s 90s properties that you know are in what i would say the the first ring of a city so good transportation area a lot of jobs but the you're it the affordability of the average person so we're trying to capture the largest net of people that can live in apartments by their end and how do you, you have to- and
0: and how do you frame like how do you design the framework of affordability what do you say is it the average income like what demographics are, are you using
1: is is 90 well, it's,
0: 000,
1: it's the, 50, so it varies it varies in different areas so Austin is a very high income area. You know the average income in in Austin as a whole, I think, is ninety thousand dollars. And so, huh, really, it yeah, in those Class B areas, don't get me quoting a bunch of demographic stuff. But I I can go on forever, but the but but the bottom line is, if you remember when you're back when we were leasing agents, is you have to qualify someone by three times income. So if you make, oh, dude, you know, I never, I never
0: ever did that. I was like. You want the apartment? you're in. Okay, here you go. I yeah, just give him the yeah, close
1: them <laughs> Close them, close them, baby. Give me that. Put it on rent roll.
0: Rent roll. I'm done. Yeah, one. put it
1: on rent roll. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The the old MS DOS. The no, so it's three times income, right? You know, someone who makes three thousand dollars, you know, a month can afford a an apartment that's a thousand bucks. And so you can back into that. And so the question you asked me is what our average rent is. That varies by different markings. And so it's it, it would go so B, from anywhere so between.
0: Say, what, what I'm saying is, the Class B will will it, it'll vary between different markets. So in each metro, yeah. the Class B is going to be different. So how many classes are there? Yeah, but looks like it looks, like, it a, looks B, like a. C?
1: But it looks like so Class B looks like a property that's built in the mid '80s or early '90s. Rents are thousand bucks to thirteen hundred bucks on average, and then Class C. Is like low income housing, right? Like you can. What was that called? It's like uh, Section
0: something? What's it called? Yeah, there's uh, Section Eight.
1: Yeah there's, yeah. there's Section A. There's Section eight, which is the HUD pays for basically their rent, and then they have to qualify through like social services. And then there's a what's called LIHTC, which is a a separate deal where they will will support part of your income so those are typically the class c properties that are call it 1970s or whatever that are in areas you don't want to have your wife walking around yoga pants at night typically yeah Um, yeah yeah
0: but do do they still have those apartment guys you remember those like when we were leasing agency do they still produce those apartment guys those like
1: thick books of uh apartments Really? Pick one up on, next time you're on the way out, Tom Thumb.
0: I will. I, those are yeah. great.
1: Yeah. Those were yeah. those yeah. were
0: amazing. So did oh, yeah. do you ever? Do you like so? You were at, at, at TCU. Yeah. We would, you know, we were both at TCU together, and then we were working for Trammel Crow, and I, I was working at the reserve at Stonegate. So were you. And then you Mm. did the reserve at Arbor Lakes, right?
1: No, it was was Arbrook Park.
0: Arbrook Park, okay.
1: Yeah, so that's in Arlington, 360 and I-20. Yeah. And that was a monster. That was like 444 units. That was a great one. And I made a killing there. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but it was then, so fun. It yeah, was, so, so I worked dude, there.
0: The, the money that you made in college, because I made quite a bit my senior year, and Dan Slavin's dad you was. You and Dan were,
1: y'all were like day day trading and stuff. Y'all were.
0: No, no, no. no right. but, so listen, to this. Slavin's dad hooked me up with all these interviews with titans of real estate in Dallas. And one guy yeah. I'll never forget, he's. One of the coolest guys I've ever interviewed with, his name was Bob Deptula. He was awesome. He just sits down with me and he goes, here's what's going to happen. You're coming out of college. You're going to make, I don't know, probably 19000 25000 and you're going to do 99% of the work for me, if you work for me. And I'm going to do 1% and get all the credit. This is the reality. Whether it's me or anybody else in this industry, this is how it works in commercial real estate. Your first few years, and I was like, uh, "Dude, I already make that right now as a leasing agent. I don't think I really want to do this." And he told me, he gave me the advice. He was like, the, he gave me the best advice. He just sits down. He was like, "Do this before you get in commercial real estate. Go get a job and go sell something." So I think he like sold IBM. I, I forgot what he was selling, but he he just told me he was like, "If you don't have experience in selling something." then you're not, like, you're really going to struggle in commercial real estate. And, man, yeah, absolutely. That's what, I mean, that's what drove me to Bloomberg. I mean, it, it really drove me to find something to sell. And I always had this image of me coming back to Dallas to do commercial real estate, I, which
1: not I'm not going to happen. But it's just interesting I mean, you to me like- on how... You would be a rarity coming out of Holland Park to get into commercial real estate. You could have cornered the market. Right. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I have buddies I have buddies
0: from that that aren't from Dallas that talk to me uh, about, you know, just guys in Dallas and they're like, dude, what like everybody I know in Dallas is in real estate. Who actually occupies your buildings? Everybody's <laughs> just doing estate. Re- <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's in those buildings because everyone I know is either selling the building or brokering the building or a building rep right. and I
1: was like, I honestly, so, man, it's, well, and it's nice like, too, com- cause, like, you know, we're, and it's nice too, cause we're in our mid forties. So, you know, the guys that are the decision makers and doing a lot of that stuff, we've known for a long time and are buddies. So it's, this is the window when we can get dangerous because yeah. we know all those guys, but you're sitting there talking to someone and they're like, yeah, we just, uh, we just sold Thanksgiving Tower and XYZ. So it's like in passing, you're at lunch at S&D, and they say something like that. And it's, yeah, I don't know the value of, of one of those uh, office buildings, but it's like, call it $90 million transaction. And they're just, it's like pretty cavalier versus saying, yeah, I work at Classic Car Wash. I sold like 10 details today. no deal Yeah.
0: Year it's this is the thing though, is that I feel like the guys that i don't know I was talking to Pat you know in the first one of these, and we were just kind of talking about how if you worked in retail and essentially being a leasing agent is retail, let's be honest yeah and it's it's just this whole thing where you have experience of just getting uh, like having to enter force of, like you're forced into interactions with people. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's one of these things where a lot of the old school, not pa- I'm not going to say parents, I'll just say old school mentality or elitist mm-hmm. mentality in Highland Parks, uh, not Highland Park, but just let's say Park cities thinks that you have to be in investment banking or you have to be, you know, this big time commercial real estate player where in actuality you can make a ton of money with be doing something in retail. You can do really well. Yeah. And you can have a good in a good career. And I guarantee you that guy that sold Thanksgiving Tower didn't get a paycheck for three years because he was working on that deal. And when the deal falls yeah. through whoa.
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And then it's and that's he's the guy that sold it given the tours. But there's a guy behind him that it's yeah. I'm gonna do one percent of the work but I'm gonna take 70% of the profits. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's like good puppet. Good puppet. good, Go do that. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah. You know. I, I think that guy's called, called Blackstone. That- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 But the, no, I like, uh, you know, honestly, you, I mean, you and I are similar way. I, I just, I got it from my mom. I just like people. I'm always interested. Yeah. I'm a long talker, but that makes it, I can, you know, talk to most people. And I've, it doesn't. Like to me, I, I I had always heard that it's always good to have waited tables in your life because especially coming from the affluent area that all of us were very, you know, fortunate to have grown up where we did and have the experiences and whatnot. But at the same time you gotta have be grounded because we gotta navigate the world. And yeah. it in in waiting tables, it's okay, you're placating to someone That didn't come from where you came from, and maybe they're pissed because their broccoli's cold.
0: I feel like I feel like the restaurant. Like if you're a waiter and you work in a restaurant, it's a microcosm for just society in general. It's so many different personalities, and it's just like the kitchen people. For sure, so so fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I gotta cut it off, man, because this thing's about to die with the call, the rev call, guys. Um, dude, great talk, great talk. Yeah, for sure, Um, for sure. And if you ever want to do a follow-up, let me know, man. Hey, that was pretty good, wasn't it? If you want to help me cover the cost for the show, I'd really appreciate it. If you can go to my website, catfix.biz, that's C-A-T-F-I-X dot B-I-Z and donate just a few bucks. I just need to, this is taking a lot of time to produce and the equipment's not that cheap. Hopefully I have this all set up where you can just put in a credit card or possibly Bitcoin if you really want to. Uh, But it's going to be through Stripe and it's just, it's on the catfix.biz, click on common threads, then you'll see the donate button. Thanks guys.